I think at this point we can declare the initial wave of free agency over and woo, it's been a barn burner for the commanders. Actually, it hasn't at all. But we're still going to see what they've done so far and where they're going next. It's Washington Football Talk Podcast. Orsman opened its first car dealership in 1921. Now, over 100 years and many dealerships later, Orsman of Virginia can proudly say that when it comes to your car buying needs, if you want it, we've got it. Savings, selection, and service? Check. Lifetime engine guarantees and car washes? Check. Loaner cars and free Virginia inspections? Check and check. See, over the past 100 years, we've learned that to succeed in business, we've got to keep our customers happy. And that's the Orsman story. Horseman Chantilly Kia. Let's ride together. What up, everybody? It's JP Finley. It's the Washington Football Talk Podcast. Joined by Pete Haley, Mitch Tischler, as always, brought to you by Horseman Automotive of Virginia. We ride with them. Want you to do the exact same thing. Seven locations all over Northern Virginia. Check them out, oarsmanva.com. Go buy a Kia from my guy, Billy and Chantilly. Um, gents, what's going on? How's everybody doing? JP, I must say white on you looks mm. like making your skin look tan or something it's working for you i am so i'm wearing you should take a picture of it pete put you're it breaking out the all pro reels i uh i dressed screen grab hold on let me look boom um love the all pro reels bullets logo shirt <clears throat> um thanks for the compliment pal love when you jazz me up um <laughs> I re- two topics to discuss really one of the topics has like six subtopics, so perhaps it's seven topics if you want to look at it that way. Um, and just a quick update here. Uh, we're headed down to Florida on Sunday. It is NFL owners meetings. Uh, now they're called league meetings. I think owner the term owner is not as in vogue as it once was. Um, there's going to be a lot happening because Ron Rivera sits on the competition committee, and there's a lot of discussion about overtime for uh, the playoffs and, and how you make that more fair. Uh, which I am for Mitch can Ron and I kind of not got into it. It was like a polite disagreement, but when we were in Indy, I knew he was headed to the competition committee meeting. And I was like, you got to change that OT rule. And he turns around like, he looks at me, he's like, so where does it end? Where does it end? And I was like, I don't know, but both teams got to be able to touch the ball. Like, then, then you guys started arguing about college rules versus pro rules. And so my idea is discussing, discussing, well, not arguing. Yeah. Discussing. yeah, it was a, it was a discussion. Like it was like a fun, good spirited discussion. Some banter. Um, but my proposal, which nobody, like, I don't get to formally make a proposal. I don't own a nope. team. No, you don't. Um, both not going to stop them off. though. <laughs> in the playoffs, in overtime, both teams should kick off. That's all three phases of the game. It's special teams, offense, defense. Whatever you do with that kickoff, that's what's done. And and what Ron said to me is like, what if they both score? And I think you just kick off again. It's the playoffs. Don't do it for the regular season. It's the playoffs. I don't even think it's that both teams need to kick off necessarily because if team A kicks off and gets stopped or team, you know, the other team gets stopped and, and they go down and score, then they should win. It's both teams should have an opportunity to possess the ball regardless of regardless of uh, regardless of what the outcome of that drive is. And then if both teams score touchdowns, you kick off again and, and play it out from there. I like the proposal that I think one two teams floated out there. Maybe it was one touchdown, extra point, you kick it back. Touchdown, two point conversion, game over. So if you want to put your 
you know what, on the line and go for two, you can just walk it off right there. So then the defense can't complain about, oh, we didn't get the ball back. You had a chance to stop a score and a two-pointer and you didn't do it. I think that is a badass set of overtime rules. I kind of like that. I hadn't heard that. I do kind of yeah. like that. But whatever. We'll have all next week to debate that stuff because um, those will be going on. I I did find it pretty interesting. So they sent us the official, uh, I don't know, the official like dossier Oops. perhaps. Yeah. For league meetings. <clears throat> and as um, as much as Dan has perhaps stepped away from day-to-day operations, when you scroll through all the committees that owners are on, he's on like a bunch of committees, um, which, which I found kind of interesting. Like, so competition committee, Ron is on. And then Martin Mayhew is on the general manager's advisory committee. And then you get to kind of the money stuff. Um, it's, I think it's actually the media so Dan Snyder sits on the media committee. <laughs> That's ironic. He sits on the business ventures committee. He sits on the international committee. That may be it. So that just means Tanya will be doing that for him or nobody from the commanders will be doing it. I think it'll be Dan. Dan's listed. Oh, okay. He, yeah. So the, I got a legalized <laughs> sports betting committee. Oh, all right, Dan. For Dan. Go get him. Yeah. So we're going to get to see Dan. And I know how these meetings go. People are going to, like, national reporters are going to try to ask him questions. And it'll get interesting. Goodell's going to talk. They haven't announced when Goodell's going to talk. Like, like it's a, it seems like it's going to be a moving target. And I kind of feel like they're going to announce it five minutes before it happens. And everybody has to run around and scramble. I think it's going to be an interesting couple days because, I mean, even go macro on this thing. Um, there's plenty of stuff going on with Jerry down in Dallas that people might want to talk to him. The Haslam's just dodged the opening presser for Deshaun Watson. Um, and there's some real questions to be asked there. Uh, it's going to be an interesting couple of days. And what we know for certain, Ron Rivera will speak to the media Tuesday morning at the coach's breakfast. So stay tuned. Lots of pods. Lots. I don't know what the hell is going to happen when we go to Florida. But I'm very interested to find out. All right. Um, so the, real quick, the traveling party that's that's locked in for the commanders that I've heard, that I've seen or heard, is Tanya Snyder, Jason Wright, Ron Rivera, Martin Mayhew, probably Greg Resch, who's the, what, COO of the team? COFO? One of those. I might be COO, something like that. Yeah. That's a Jay-Z guy. A, C-lo- a C-level, a C-suite employee. And then there, and then there's a possibility – about Dan. And I believe we'll get an opportunity to talk to, I know we'll talk to Ron on Tuesday morning, bright and early at seven 30. And I believe Martin Mayhew's uh, scheduled to do a local media scrum as well. So Rob we'll have, we'll have some, what's that? I don't know if you said it, but Rob Rogers will be there. Okay. No, I didn't. I didn't have that name. Hey, Rush is both the COO and the CFO Mitch. That's, that's how you take the question out of that. You just become both of those titles. Yeah. He's an important guy. Depending who you ask, he's quite important. Um, all right, let's get to – so, listen, it hasn't – outside of the Carson Wentz move, it hasn't been exactly a sexy two weeks of free agency new league year. Um, but Washington has gotten a bunch of contracts done. Let's do this. We'll start by rating who was most important. 
and go from there. All right, so Danny Johnson, Cam Sims, J.D. McKissick, Andrew Norwell, Cornelius Lucas, and F.A. Obata. Um, most important to me is McKissick, then Norwell, then Lucas, all of which are important. And then the rest, the rest. Just putting the names in the chat there so we can reference them because yeah, my I, brain can't keep them together. I uh, flip around your top two. Paper. Yes, I have Nor- Norwell, Norwell, most most important. Cam, uh, sorry, JD McKissick, second most important. Then Cam Sims. I think FA Obata is going to prove to play a number of minutes this year, especially considering the amount that they like to rotate the D line last year. I think he's going to see some time both at D end and on the inside as well. Uh, I think you're going to see him on the field quite a bunch. So I have him number four and then Danny Johnson, not to take anything away from him. Number five. You have um, Bobby McCain also. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. You, right. you have Norwell one ahead of McKissick. Yeah. Norwell one McKissick two, Lucas three, uh, or I guess three Bobby McCain four Lucas Five, uh, Obata, six or five Sims, Obata, Danny Johnson. <laughs> Here's why you're wrong on putting anybody ahead of JD McKissick. Last year they had Brandon Sheriff and Eric Flowers, and when McKissick was out, that offense completely bogged down. So, not to dismiss the importance of the new starting left guard, but JD McKissick was a huge part of that offense with dependable starting guards, and. Like, they were still there. He was gone. The offense couldn't move the ball. That's well said. Uh, I definitely have McKissick one, Norwell two, Lucas three. And Lucas matters a lot because Cosme missed eight games last year. And Leno's as durable as it gets, but you never know when that's going to stop. I mean, Kerrigan was durable for 10 years, and then he started getting hurt. So having Lucas as insurance for both tackles is tremendous. I'll put McCain four. F.A. Obato five. I think that's a really nice backup for Young and Sweat got nine sacks in the past two years seems just like a really great dude that's going to set a really good example for the younger guys then sims johnson rounding out the rest of the crew there but sims might explode a little bit explodes a bit aggressive sims might pop because wentz really likes throwing to big receivers who are six three six four six five and sims is six four um i think you got to put mccain ahead of lucas i like cornelius lucas a lot but McCain's yeah. a starter, and Cornelius Lucas is signed to be a highly valuable backup. Got it. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. But I, if this team plays the way it did last year, and they aren't structured to yet, but they get another safety in the draft or sign somebody, they fun- functioned best when they had three safeties kind of splitting the role or, or two at a time, three at a time. So maybe McCain plays not as many starter snaps. But I hear it. He, does, will, he will play more than Corn does on the like line. It, 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 I always think about the plan. Like, if everything goes according to plan, Cornelius Lucas doesn't sit on the field. And my counter would be, when do things go to plan in this Never. area? <laughs> but I understand. I like the logic. There's my counter to the Norwell versus uh, McKissick conversation, is that last year you had Taylor Heineke, who relied so heavily on those outlets and the running backs coming out of the backfield. And you are hoping the plan, I imagine, with Carson Wentz, isn't that he's going to be as reliable on those outlets because he has the arm to make all the throws. So he needs a little bit better of a pocket to throw out if he's not quite as mobile as Heineke was getting away from pressure when it came. So that's why I have Norwell ahead. 
I think you made that up in the time since I said you were wrong about Norwell. I don't think that's why you had Norwell, but that makes sense. I I have Nor I had Nor I have Norwell for multiple reasons. The biggest reason being that last year they had you have a bias had, towards offensive linemen. Yeah, that is definitely one of them. Last year they had viable backup guards for the guys who who didn't play who didn't play a full year. This year there's a lot more question marks about who's going to be that backup swing guard and, and who's going to be able to step in and is there going to be a guy as good as uh, Wes Schweitzer was last year. Mitch, can you give your list one more time? Because I think you've given five players. You've given seven players. You might have repeated a player. I want to hear your list clean from top to bottom. Number one, Andrew Norwell. Number two, J.D. McKissick. Number okay. three, Bobby McCain. Number four, uh, Cornelius Lucas. Uh-oh. Number five, Cam Sims. Number six, uh, Eve Obata. Seven, Danny Johnson. Okay. I, that You nailed that. Thank you. Just for clarity. Obata might be ahead of Cam. Yeah, it might be ahead of I, Cam Sims. I love Cam. Let Can he get 40 targets? Like A couple years ago, he might have gotten that. I think he had 30-some catches. but He got hot with Alex late in the 2020 right. season. Yeah. In that little weird playoff run, remember that that Steelers game? I bet he had like nine catches. Um, here's my here's my thing about Cam Sims and forty eight targets in 20. 50 whether he's 20. higher or lower than than uh, FA Obata. Until I see Curtis Samuel on the field playing mm-hmm. consistently, Cam Sims is your is your WR two right now. Like, yeah. I, until I see Curtis Samuel out there playing, like it, we're now basically a year out from when. Washington signed him and he allegedly may or may not have had surgery. I guess since he went, when he had that surgery or a year out, he should be good to go, but we thought he was going to be good to go at many points last season. So until we get to minicamp OTAs week one practice, and we see him go through all these things and be healthy and not re-injure the groin abdomen, all that stuff. I'm not ready to count. You can't count on him to be, to be, to be a guy. So Cam Sims, in that case, might play a huge role if if Curtis is, in, is for whatever reason, not available again. Tell me you need a draft a receiver at 11 without telling me you need a draft a receiver at 11. There I it think is. it's pretty clear, right? Nice meme. Orsman opened its first car dealership in 1921. Now, over 100 years and many dealerships later, Orsman of Virginia can proudly say that when it comes to your car buying needs, if you want it, we've got it. Saving selection and service? Check. Lifetime engine guarantees and car washes? Check. Loaner cars and free Virginia inspections? Check and check. See, over the past 100 years, we've learned that to succeed in business, we've got to keep our customers happy. And that's the Oarsman story. Oarsman Fairfax Toyota. Let's ride together. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right, let's say one thing from each of these press conferences because we got to talk to all these dudes. I'll start. I love Cornelius Lucas press conferences. He's, I think, a little weird. He's kind of funny. Um, He's out there for sure. His end of season press conference was amazing because he was just basically campaigning for cash. Looking and, around corners. Yeah, it was funny. And then 
he dropped the phrase bacon and booty shaking in his last presser. So one thing about Cornelius Lucas checked off the list. Anybody go fire at will. All right. I'll do JD McKissick. Uh, this bills back to commanders thing. Nobody wants to take blame for it. Nobody wants to explain what happened. I asked Ron about it on Wednesday. He told me to ask JD. We asked JD about it. He said, Oh, I barely even remember. It was so crazy. The bills are angry. I'm glad it's over and it won't cause any hubbub moving forward, but that is a debacle that just nobody wants to stick their hand up and say my bad. They're all blaming the agent. That's who they're blaming. And to say there's no hubbub, I think there could be some bub because I think the bills and the commanders were going to have joint practices this training camp. And very curious to see if that still happens. I don't know. It was never a done deal. There was never pen to paper, but like there was a lot of momentum. And I think the commanders could really use that, whether it's the Bills or somebody else. But the Bills are a Super Bowl contender. And I'm curious what happens there. But that was a good one about McKissick. Thank you. I wonder if you can have a revenge game narrative for McKissick, even though he never went to the team and it's a training camp practice. Maybe we'll see you this summer. A revenge training camp practice? Yeah, it'll be great. Oh, boy. Um, I got another I th- one. I think a fun one was uh, F.A. Obata. There was a bunch of the London media on. He's one of the, he's from the International Player Program. He roomed with David Bata, who's also on the Commanders roster when they were back in the IPP. So I thought that was kind of interesting and kind of a fun little little side note to uh, to his to his availability. And then uh, Pete, did you write the article about? Um, he talked about when he sacked uh, Tom Brady last year, and he didn't really realize or think about that it was that big of a deal. Until he got back to his locker after the game, and his phone was just absolutely blowing up. Mm-hmm. It was it was fun talking to him. He was he seemed to be a really really personable guy. I, he's a he's a guy who's who's been through a lot and gone through a lot to get to this point. And so I'm kind of excited for uh, to talk to him a little more and, and and see him play on the field. Agreed. I got, one, I got one for Cam Sims. We're playing ready golf here, so just jump in. Sure. Uh, what if you've ever heard me talk? You know how much I love Cam Sims. So we took that live on the radio because the timing worked out. <laughs> we did a drinking game. I said, all right, every time he says, shoot, you got to take a drink. Literally the third word out of his mouth was shoot. And b started dying laughing. That was one thing. Um, two, I tried to find out what number he's going to wear because Carson got 11. And Cam was like, yeah, I don't really know. It didn't sound like – I don't know that he's thrilled that he lost his number, but whatever. It happened. Yeah. Um, did the uh, last- F-bomb make it through on the radio? Uh, no, luckily landfill dropped, hit the dump button, but I love that he just dropped an F-bomb in a press conference. I, I mean that sincerely. I think it's funny when dudes do that because they're just comfortable and casual. And that's one thing that Zoom creates because they just feel like they're talking. Like if we were standing there with mics and cameras, he would he would probably react differently. Yeah, um, the F-bomb was to – was they asked him what he thought of the jerseys, and he said, I F with them. So yeah. they, they all seem to like the jerseys. I asked him about the name and he's like, yeah, it's cool. And I was like, what about the unis? He's like, oh, I, I bleep with them, which was just great. Yeah. I, you ready, I Pete? Think you, I think JP just put himself. Those were my questions. Not with Cam. Yeah. Let's roll the you might have asked You might have asked Lucas about it. I don't know who asked which. I was not on the Lucas thing. You definitely just took my questions as your questions. Then I asked, I asked somebody those exact questions. So it must yeah, have been. JP definitely asked those too. I'm I don't sure. think I'm trying, I'm certainly not trying to take anything. I understand. You. It's not like you're taking the most monster scoop of all time. I thought it was funny though. Um, from Nor- Is asking a question in a press or a scoop? No, that's it's sarcasm. I almost okay. didn't bring it up because I didn't want us to get all weird. Okay. And it's no, kind of weird. You asked it. I'm sorry. 
Terrible. Um, Andrew Norwell. He's, he likes Ron Rivera. I don't know. He was kind of <laughs> Sheriffian without like the the funniness of it. He was kind of Sheriffy because he has the the yeah. uh, the, the antler antler is by far the only chandelier thing. or whatever it was behind him. Yeah, that was spectacular. He seemed nice, and I certainly wouldn't want to try and get through him on a run play, but not a ton to report from old Norway. What I liked about uh, uh, Cornelius Lucas, aside from the, the funny bite <laughs> that JP talked about, was ask him, what's the room going to be like without the, without the two starting guards from last year? And guys are usually pretty, you know, deferential, and he's like, I got to be honest, I'm going to miss him. He's like, they're gonna, there's gonna be, they're, they're, we're going to miss him over there in the line room, so... I thought that was, I just, I love when those guys are, are relaxed, like JP said. And, you know, I think Lucas is, is just such a, such a, such a interesting fella to have there. No more big corn, only big Luke now. Right, JP? That was Pete your question. That. I don't know if Pete asked that. See, asked that's, that that's why I didn't want to say anything. Now it's going to be a whole thing for six months. No, it's just, we probably sat in 500 press conferences and I, I'm really sorry. I mixed up my <laughs> ass or if you asked something. Um, also, Mitch just avoided talking about Danny Johnson and doubled up. I wasn't in on that one. I, I won't. I won't claim I asked a single question. Yeah, I gotta be honest. Was, I was in on it. I don't think he said a single thing that was interesting. Yeah, um, I asked him about chemistry in the secondary. He says he hopes it's better. Well, we all hope for a lot of things. We'll just have to wait. Yes, yeah. I mean the That's amount why I skipped of time it, I've heard about improved communication in the Washington secondary. So annoying. You can build a house. I, I mean, Danny Johnson since, is super polite. Since D'Angelo Hall was was a rookie. Or was the first year in Washington. Sure. That was a fun way to cover all those. No Danny, Bobby McCain presser. We, we weren't Danny able to talk to him this week. Me. We'll get him soon. Yeah. Yeah, he should talk. Like, I, I kind of remember him not loving talking last season. And then. Well, he got upset at us very early on in the year about keeping the same energy, talking about how the defense wasn't very good. So. Well, it was proved to be correct. Um, okay. That was fun. Uh, last thing I had. And, like, I don't know – this is a tough one because I want to credit these people, but I think it's, like, a weird betting aggregator. But whatever. Oddschecker.com sent me an email. With the first wave of free agency over, odds makers are ready to start looking ahead to the 2022 season. That starts with their initial over-under win totals. Um, the highest is the Bills at 11.5 and, and the Bucks at 11.5. The lowest is the Texans at four and a half. The Browns are off the board. I imagine they're off the board till there's some uh, certainty about if Deshaun Watts is going to get traded or not, or suspended or not, rather. Um, have you guys seen this yet? I haven't tweeted it out. have not seen it. All right. Guess the commander's win total. All right. Let's remember there are 17 contests. Mitch, you got 9.5. Um, I'm a... They don't do just flat numbers for win totals, right? It's always a half. No, they do. They do. Okay. You could do eight or eight and a half, whatever. I would put it right at nine, nine flat. All right. Well, two things have been revealed by your guesses. We're one, both going to be hammering the over. Well, one, you guys think this team has more talent than Vegas does because they got it at seven and a half. Wow. Which I would jump on the over. I would yeah. pounce on it. But I've seen this in my life before where perhaps we think this team is much better than the rest of the league does. And eventually 
there's a reason you drink for free in Vegas, man. Um, and I just wonder, I think Ron also thinks this team is way better than that. That's why it's kind of been a collection of just bringing the guys they have back and adding a quarterback. Um, I don't know. I found that pretty damn interesting. That feels quite low, but so did last year. And so did, I know Mitch had a chase young bet on over eight and a half sacks or something. And we were all just like, we're taking down That's Vegas. Money. Yeah. yeah. And we just look like big giant idiots. So the fact that it's seven and a half makes me scared. And we know Wentz has a very high floor and a very low ceiling. So well, I uh, think there's also like the nuclear option with Wentz. Yeah, that's the yeah. problem is there's always a nuclear option. But My thing is, it's at, at the end of the day, this is the same team that they didn't lose any super valuable pieces really in the offseason. And they won seven games with a tougher schedule last year with Taylor Heineke at quarterback. So even if the nuclear thing happens with Carson Wentz, and they go back to Taylor. They have an easier schedule. Hopefully, Curtis Samuel play, plays at all. Hopefully, Jamin Davis gives you anything. I think they should get. They should still be able to get over seven and a half. Not to mention that Carson is better. Our good friends over at PointsBet have the winner of the NFC East at. Have you guys looked at it yet? Nope. What do you think the odds are for Washington to win the NFC East? Seven fifty. I'll give you all of them. I got Cowboys at like minus 180, Eagles at like plus 150, Skins at plus 250, and the Giants at plus 400. Cowboys minus 125, Eagles plus 325. Wow. Commanders plus 450, and the old New York football Giants plus 800. Plus 450 for Washington? You, whether you think they're going to win the division or not, that's good value. You, Nobody's won the division two years in a row since '04. Correct. They're begging. They're begging you to take anybody but the Cowboys. They're giving you good. They're giving the spread of odds between the Cowboys and Eagles, even as the second place team, is quite large. Look at another site though, because isn't points bets thing that they like juice the totals? I mean that like in a good way. They like try to offer higher payouts, right? Right. I mean, yeah. I'm pulling up DraftKings just to compare it. I'll clean this up and make it a little snappier. Take your time. Cheers. <coughs> I care. Glad you care. Via points bet, Washington is plus 660 to win the Super Bowl. There's about what? Half Only a dozen six? teams. Yeah, about half a dozen teams behind, that are worse that have worse odds than them. I mean, I want nothing to do with a Washington Super Bowl bet. Neither, Wait, so they're especially only they're they're only plus four fifty to win the division, but they're plus six sixty to win the Super Bowl. Plus sixty six hundred. Sorry. Okay. Sixty six hundred. My bad. Yeah, not I a problem. I can get darts and handball, but I can't get any NFL futures on the draft. Well, you got any darts winners? <laughs> I'll give you a darts winner. Have you guys watched darts on like late night NBC Sports or late night NBC? I've watched a uh, tag I, recently, but no I, darts. I did watch some tag. Tag um, is pretty tense. Darts is electric, let me tell you. I got a serious question then. So the first match, whatever dart league this is, the Premier League, I don't know. It, Michael Van Gerwen versus James Wade, okay? Uh-huh. Uh, James Van Gerwen is a heavy favorite, minus 295. James Wade is plus 225. There's an over-under of nine and a half. 
Nine and a half. What? Like what? What Game? is that metric? Maybe Art's games thrown. or 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 sets. However they play Art's it. Thrown? Yeah. <laughs> no Don't way. Don't throw the Mitch. same amount of darts. No way. No, because you're. That'd be the quickest play... game ever. Yeah, they Dude, are. Nine... They play like best of seven series. You play games to I think five hundred one. Is that the number? Well, then it's probably how many games. Like you win uh, six games. It's like tennis. They bet over games or over sets. They play. They play to a certain number. I, I think the number is five hundred one. And they each throw three darts. They get their points. The other guy throws three darts. They get their points. And whoever gets to zero first wins. Well, you guys know what Michael, or what's his name? Michael Van Gerwen's walk on music is for. Is he the bald? Is he the bald guy? Like, (laughs) that's super shocking. Yes. He's bald from the Netherlands. Dude, he's good. I've watched him play late night darts. His walk on song. (laughs) His walk on song, Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes. It's a good tune. I'm I am googling Michael Van Gerwen wife, and I just want to see. <laughs> hey, if there's one, dude, yeah, dude, he's got a he's got a fat resume. He has so many Daphne, titles. Daphne Govers, she's a pretty good looking chick. Pretty good Holy. looking. I mean, listen, when you're an elite listen, dart player, guy, you can pull some tail. Clearly, this guy is a hell of a dart thrower. All right, I'm not trying to take anything away hey, from him. The guy can not, hit a bullseye. He's not the best looking fella, and Daphne Govers, his wife. Moves the needle. Well done, Mike. You know what? I got a new favorite dart darter, dart thrower. Can you buy like his collared shirt or something? This is, we're, we're an official Michael Van Gerwen podcast now. So oh. folks overseas are going to either love this or hate this. Girl, all right, let's get I just want to see how many Instagram followers. So seven and a half, we would all go over, right? Well, yeah. I I mean, would anytime over, you yes. get Van Gerwen, he, he likes to play his matches. I mean, the, the commanders, you don't. Oh, Peter. Oh. Yeah, definitely over. And Wait, I still, what are the odds on Van Gerwen? Minus 295. He's going to crush. You want to throw 50 bucks on it? Let's go. Uh, sure. <laughs> How do I watch this event? I bet DraftKings or FanDuel let, lets you watch it. No. You think that's how it works? They just have d- – Watch darts. Let's go. Yeah. Hey, last thing for me, if I can get Van Gerwen on the podcast, would we have an interview with him? Hell yes. Okay, yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to Michael Van Gerwen's people. He's a star. He's an international star. All right, Sice. We're we're gonna we'll chat with Van Gerwen. We can ask him about commander's questions. Up oh, here's a contact right here on his website. Perfect. All right, we'll do this next week. For the record, I believe I'm pulling up the I don't want to know what you're pulling up. Let's get out of here. Um yep, let's get out of here. Thank you to Orsman Automotive of Virginia. Thanks for listening. You made it this far. Pete owes you some darts. <laughs> Tell me you need a draft a receiver at 11 without telling me you need a draft a receiver at 11. There I it think is. it's pretty clear, right? Nice meme. Orsman opened its first car dealership in 1921. Now, over 100 years and many dealerships later, Orsman of Virginia can proudly say that when it comes to your car buying needs, if you want it, we've got it. Saving selection and service? Check. Lifetime engine guarantees and car washes? Check. Loaner cars and free Virginia inspections, check and check. See, over the past 100 years, we've learned that to succeed in business, we've got to keep our customers happy. And that's the Oarsman story. Oarsman Chevy Buick GMC. Let's ride together.